All right, as we begin this morning, uh, we'll continue our study of really just studying issues of leadership. What are the disciplines, habits, and commitments of a godly leader? <clears throat> as men, um, I think all, most all of us are married. Um, many have kids, some have grandkids, and we are in leadership in each of those positions. And so we need biblical wisdom and biblical knowledge to know how to do that well. What is it that God requires? And what are the fundamental things that need to be in place in our lives for us to to lead in a way that pleases the Lord? And when I think about spiritual leadership as men in our homes, um, my mind always comes back first to Scripture. If, If we don't have a personal commitment to loving the truth of God's Word, we will not and cannot lead our families well. It, it begins there. And, and so I want us to begin there. You know, if you're not regularly shepherding your own heart with the truth of God's Word, <clears throat> then your spiritual leadership at home will either be at best insufficient or at worst non-existent, right? We, we have to be committed to personally shepherding our own hearts with the truth in private and serving our families in private in that way if we have any hope of serving them face-to-face in person. And so what, what's missed often, I tell couples this in premarital counseling all the time, is, is when, when you take that time to be separate and alone in the Word of God and in prayer, you are serving one another. Because you can't be the things that God calls you to be without God's help. Right? It, that's impossible for us. And so when you take the, the time and the effort to get up early or stay up late or whatever it is to shepherd your own heart with the truth, obviously that's serving you, but it's serving all those that are under your leadership as well. And so when we neglect that, we are neglecting a fundamental principle of leadership in the home. And so today we're going to talk about cultivating a love for Scripture. You know... I was also thinking about uh, the reality that many times I think we, we expect of those underneath our leadership, our wife, our children, we expect them to obey the truth of Scripture. We expect them to be committed to the truth. But how many times do we fail to do that in our own lives? And, and thinking about that, you know, the style of leadership that demands of its followers something that the leader is unwilling to cultivate in his own life is hypocrisy. Right? I mean, when's the last time you saw a fat Marine drill sergeant? That wouldn't work very well, right? Drill sergeants don't, don't sit back like this and give commands. They're up with their men. They're leading the way, many times outrunning the young men and saying, get behind me and we're going to do this. That's what leadership has to look like in the spiritual sense for us. We can't call our, our wives to be something that we're not committed to being ourselves. We can't call our children to love Christ and to love others and to be selfless and to love the Word and want to memorize the truth when we don't prioritize that in our own personal lives. What, let me ask you this. You guys have, have jobs. Um, what kind of response does it produce in a subordinate when a leader demands something that he's obviously not practicing himself? How, how does that go over well? Or how does it go over? Resentment? Yeah. yeah. Resentment. I mean, you, you, that's where you see guys with gritted teeth. You know, like this This guy, he's obviously not doing these things. I remember I had a friend that was in the Marines, and uh, once he kind of rose up through the ranks, um, he was given a group of men that he was in charge of, and it was his duty to make sure they were in shape, you know, that they were ready, ready if they were called upon. So whenever he wanted to run, they had to run. Whenever he worked out, they had to work out. And so he would get them up and do crazy things and say, put on your gas mask and let's run 15 miles, you know. But, but he was, they're all behind falling over and puking, and he's out in front, right? Um, and how would it have been if he said, guys, I'm going to go to the movies, but when I get back, I want you to have run 15 miles with your gas mask on, right? <laughs> how do you think that would have gone over? It wouldn't have gone over. And we have to be careful in our own lives uh, not to be doing the same thing when it comes to spiritual disciplines. And so your private habits of spiritual discipline 
are, are the foundation of leading your family. And there are no shortcuts. There's no secret formula. You know, I think we, we all want to be godly men. I don't think anybody here doesn't want to be a godly man. Otherwise, why are you getting here at 6 o'clock to talk about God's Word? But that desire has to bear fruit into action, into actually doing the things. And nobody can, can come over in the morning and make sure you get up and open your Bible for you and lay it down and, and make you pray these things. Like you, you've got to, in leading your own heart, uh, you've got to do those things. And then as you do over time, it will affect the way you lead your family. Now, my intention today is really to break this into two parts. Uh, we're gonna, today we're going to focus on the love of Scripture. How do we cultivate a love for Scripture? And what does the Bible say about our, our affection for Scripture? And what does the Bible say about the connection between a love for Scripture and sanctification? Because the Bible connects those two over and over again. Then next time, we're going to talk about more of the practical side of what should your devotional life look like. Um, How should you be reading the Bible? How should you be studying the Bible? How should you be praying? And we're going to kind of lay out the nuts and bolts of that. But today, I want to deal with the motivation behind that in cultivating a love for Scripture. And we're going to look at a ton of passages together. But I want to begin just by asking a question on the negative side. We'll begin with the negative and move to the positive. And I want you to talk with me for a moment. What sins are evidenced by a lack of commitment to regular Bible study? What sins are evident in our heart? Quick to anger. Say again. Quick to anger. Selfishness. Quick to anger. Selfishness. Uh huh. What else? Pride. Pride. Mm hmm. <clears throat> yeah, anybody else? Laziness. Laziness, yeah. Yeah, the two that I wrote down, and there, there are many, but just thinking quickly, um, were laziness, which is really the idolatry of self, right? Laziness is a choice to make decisions based on how I feel. Really, that's what laziness is. And let me just say, it: if you... Make your decisions based upon personal cravings or personal feelings. You will never be a godly man. You just won't. Because your flesh does not want what is difficult and what is hard and what is godly. And so if you just listen to, I I want this today. I mean, think about that. That's what the whole idea behind a diet is you're going to choose. It's not that you don't want to eat other things. Of course you want to eat them. We all do. It's you're going to say, no, I want that. I know this is better. So I'm going to do this, right? It's the same thing in godliness. It's my flesh wants that. No, this is better. I'm choosing this. Um, and if we don't do that, we're living in sort of this idolatry of self. You know, laziness evidences a self-love because it reveals a commitment to personal comfort and satisfaction above all else. Um, and so it'll keep you in bed longer than you wanted to be there. It'll keep you up later uh, than you wanted to be up. And affect all of your patterns. The other one is arrogance slash pride. Arrogance in the sense that when we don't prioritize the Word of God, we have a high view of self and a low view of Scripture. When you don't prioritize the Word of God, now you may genuinely just not have been taught this, but you know the Word of God, as we're going to see, is directly connected to our spiritual sanctification. And so, when you neglect the Word of God, you are, in a sense, saying by your actions, I don't need God's help to be holy. My sin, I I got this. And is that ever the case? No, it's never the case. We desperately need the means that God has ordained for our sanctification, which is the Word of God. The Spirit works through the Word. And we're going to see that as we open the, the Scriptures. Now, on the positive side, What are the fruits? And there are many, but just throw out a few. What are the fruits that come from a genuine love of God's Word on the positive side? Fruit of the Spirit, yeah. Peace, yeah. Mm -hmm. Joyfulness. Joy. Content. Mm -hmm. Positive attitude. Yeah. We'll reflect God's will more than our own all the time. 
I've yeah. seen Psalm 37 before, right? That mm-hmm. verse is used a lot out of context, but if we delight ourselves in God's word, delight ourselves in him, then we'll reflect his heart. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What else? What are some other fruits that come from a genuine love for Scripture? I think it's like in Timothy where it says you're equipped for mm-hmm. good works, so you are empowered, you are equipped, you have mm-hmm. the, uh, the truth that you potentially need and for what he has called you to. Yeah. Our wisdom. Wisdom. Armor of God. Armor of God, yeah. Become more patient. Yeah. Yeah, so obviously the, the fruits are a myriad of things. Because really, it brings conformity to Christ, right? So you you begin to have the character of Christ. Um, so I want to focus on a few of those. Kind of, I stepped back and said, what are some of the the big ideas as we think about the Word of God and what the Bible connects to a love for the Word of God? I wrote out a few different things, and we're going to open the scriptures and just uh, really absorb our time going through the Word. So the first thing that I want you to think about is that love of Scripture begins with love of God. Love of Scripture begins with love of God. The two are intricately tied together. So get your thumbs warmed up. We're just going to turn through several passages. Turn to 1 John chapter 2. Verse John 2. Verses 3 to 6. By this we know that we've come to know Him, if we keep His commandments. The one who says, I have come to know Him and does not keep His commandments is a liar and the truth is not in Him. But whoever keeps His word in Him, the love of God has truly been perfected. By this we know that we are in Him. The one who says He abides in Him ought Himself to walk in the same manner as he walked. And so there is this a love for the word of God which evidences itself in obedience is directly tied to the perfection of the love of God within us. Turn to John, the Gospel of John, chapter 14. John 14 verse 23 and 24. Jesus answered and said to him, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word. And my Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our abode with him. He who does not love me does not keep my words. And the word which you hear is not mine, but the Father's who sent me. Again, a direct connection between the love of God and obedience to the word. Next, I want you to see that devotion to Scripture is born out of a love of Scripture. So, love of Scripture, born out of love of God, a devotion to Scripture. That is, when it shows up in your daily life, that comes from, it, it can't come from just a sense of duty. I have to do this. And, you know, this is what they said to do, and it's good, I've got to do it. It comes from a genuine love of the truth. And I want to do something that, uh, I've never done this before this way, but I, I went back and forth and I landed on, I, I think this will be really profitable for us. I want you to turn to Psalm 119, and I'm actually going to read the whole thing, which I looked it up. It takes 15 minutes, so, but these 15 minutes will be the best that things that I say for this whole morning. Um, and what I want you to do is, as, as we're reading through Psalm 119, I want you to look for two things and maybe make a little underline or something and note it, because we're going to go back through, and I want to hear from you. Uh, if you're one of those that doesn't write in your Bible, write it on your pat, notepad or whatever it is. But I want you to be looking for two things. Every time the author describes his affection for Scripture, and he's going to do that over and over again, make a note when he says something that talks about his love or his affection for Scripture. And then secondly, every time the author connects the study of the Word with personal holiness. Because I do this, this happens. Right. Mm-hmm. So those are the two dynamics I want you to listen to in Psalm 119. So I'm going to read it, and you guys make some notes, because when I'm done, I'm going to say, hey, what what stood out to you? And I want to hear um, some thoughts. So Psalm 119, verse 1. How blessed are those whose way is blameless, who walk in the law of the Lord. 
How blessed are those who observe his testimonies, who seek him with all their heart. They also do no unrighteousness. They walk in his ways. You have ordained your precepts that we should keep them diligently. Oh, that my ways may be established to keep your statutes. Then I shall not be ashamed when I look upon all your commandments. I shall give thanks to you with the uprightness of heart when I learn your righteous judgments. I shall keep your statutes. Do not forsake me utterly. How can a young man keep his way pure? By keeping it according to your word. With all my heart I have sought you. Do not let me wander from your commandments. Your word I have treasured in my heart that I may not sin against you. Blessed are you, O Lord. Teach me your statutes. With my lips I have told of all the ordinances of your mouth. I have rejoiced in the way of your testimonies as much as in all riches. I will meditate on your precepts and regard your ways. I shall delight in your statutes. I shall not forget your word. Deal bountifully with your servant that I may live and keep your word. Open my eyes that I may behold wonderful things from your law. I am a stranger in the earth. Do not hide your commandments from me. My soul is crushed with longing after your ordinances at all times. You rebuke the arrogant, the cursed, who wander from your commandments. Take away reproach and contempt from me, for I observe your testimonies. Even though princes sit and talk against me, your servant meditates on your statutes. Your testimonies also are my delight. They are my counselors. My soul cleaves to the dust. Revive me according to your word. I've told of my ways and you have answered me. Teach me your statutes. Make me understand the way of your precepts so I will meditate on your wonders. My soul weeps because of grief. Strengthen me according to your word. Remove the false way from me and graciously grant me your law. I've chosen the faithful way. I've placed your ordinances before me. I cling to your testimonies. O Lord, do not put me to shame. I shall run the way of your commandments, for you will enlarge my heart. Teach me, O Lord, the way of your statutes, and I shall observe it to the end. Give me understanding that I may observe your law and keep it with all my heart. Make my path, make me walk in the paths of your commandments, for I delight in it. Incline my heart to your testimonies and do not, and not to dishonest gain. Turn away my eyes from looking at vanity and revive me in your ways. Establish your word to your servant as that which produces reverence for you. Turn away my reproach, which I dread, for your ordinances are good. Behold, I long for your precepts. Revive me through your righteousness. May your loving kindnesses also come to me, O Lord, your salvation according to your word, so I will have an answer for him who reproaches me, for I trust in your word. And do not take the word of truth utterly out of my mouth, for I wait for your ordinances, so I will keep your law continually forever and ever. And I will walk at liberty, for I seek your precepts. I will also speak of your testimonies before kings, and shall not be ashamed. I shall delight in your commandments, which I love. And I shall lift up my hands to your commandments, which I love. And I will meditate on your statutes. Remember the word to your servant, in which you have made me hope. This is my comfort in my affliction, that your word has revived me. The arrogant utterly deride me, yet I do not turn aside from your law. I have remembered your ordinances from of old, O Lord, and comfort myself. Burning indignation has seized me because of the wicked who forsake your law. Your statutes are my songs in the house of my pilgrimage. O Lord, I remember your name in the night and keep your law. This has become mine that I observe your precepts. The Lord is my portion. I have promised to keep your words. I sought your favor with all my heart. Be gracious to me according to your word. I, I considered my ways and turned my feet to your testimonies. I hastened and did not delay to keep your commandments. The cords of the wicked have encircled me, but I have not forgotten your law. At midnight I shall rise to give thanks to you because of your righteous ordinances. I am a companion of all those who fear you and of those who keep your precepts. The earth is full of your loving kindness, O Lord. Teach me your statutes. You've dealt well with your servant, O Lord, according to your word. Teach me good discernment and knowledge, for I believe in your commandments. Before I was afflicted, I went astray, but now I keep your word. You are good and do good. Teach me your statutes. The arrogant have forged a lie against me. With all my heart, I will observe your precepts. 
The heart is covered with fat, but I delight in your law. Their heart is covered with fat. It is good for me that I was afflicted, that I may learn your statutes. The law of your mouth is better to me than thousands of gold and silver pieces. Your hands made me and fashioned me. Give me understanding that I may learn your commandments. May those who fear you see me and be glad because I wait for your word. I know, O Lord, that your judgments are righteous and that in faithfulness you have afflicted me. Oh, may your loving kindness comfort me according to your word to your servant. May your compassion come to me that I may live, for your law is my delight. May the arrogant be ashamed, for they subvert me with a lie, but I shall meditate on your precepts. May those who fear you turn to me, even those who know your testimonies. May my heart be blameless in your statutes, so that I will not be ashamed. My soul languishes for your salvation. I wait for your word. My eyes fail with longing for your word, while I say, when will you comfort me? Though I have become like a wineskin in the smoke, I do not forget your statutes. How many are the days of your servant? When will you execute judgment on those who persecute me? The arrogant have dug, dug pits for me, men who are not in accord with your law. All your commandments are faithful. They have persecuted me with a lie. Help me. They almost destroyed me on earth, but as for me, I did not forsake your precepts. Revive me according to your loving kindness, so that I may keep the testimony of your mouth. Forever, O Lord, your word is settled in heaven. Your faithfulness continues through all generations. You establish the earth and it stands. They stand this day according to your ordinances, for all things are your servants. If your law had not been my delight, then I would have perished in my affliction. I will never forget your precepts, for by them you have revived me. I am yours. Save me, for I have sought your precepts. The wicked wait for me to destroy me. I shall diligently consider your testimonies. I have seen a limit to all perfection. Your commandment is exceedingly broad. Oh, how I love your law. It is my meditation all the day. Your commandments make me wiser than my enemies, for they are ever mine. I have more insight than all my teachers, for your testimonies are my meditation. I understand more than the aged because I have observed your precepts. I've restrained my feet from every evil way that I may keep your word. I've not turned aside from your ordinances, for you yourself have taught me. How sweet are your words to my taste, yes, sweeter than honey to my mouth. From your precepts I get understanding, therefore I hate every false way. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. I've sworn and I will confirm it that I will keep your righteous ordinances. I'm exceedingly afflicted. Revive me, O Lord, according to your word. O accept the free will offerings of my mouth, O Lord, and teach me your ordinances. My life is continually in my hand, yet I do not forget your law. The wicked have laid a snare for me, yet I've not gone astray from your precepts. I've inherited your testimonies forever, for they are the joy of my heart. I've inclined my heart to perform your statutes forever, even to the end. I hate, the, I hate those who are double-minded, but I love your law. You are my hiding place and my shield. I wait for your word. Depart from me, evildoers, that I may observe the commandments of my God. Sustain me according to your word that I may live, and do not let me be ashamed of my hope. Uphold me that I may be safe, that I may have regard for your statutes continually. You've rejected all those who wander from your statutes, for their deceitfulness is useless. You've removed all the wicked of the earth like dross. Therefore, I love your testimonies. My flesh trembles for fear of you, and I am afraid of your judgments. I've done justice and righteousness. Do not leave me to my oppressors. Be surety for your servant for good. Do not let the arrogant oppress me. My eyes fail with longing for your salvation and for your righteous word. Deal with your servant according to your loving kindness and teach me your statutes. I am your servant. Give me understanding that I may know your testimonies. It is time for the Lord to act, for they have broken your law. Therefore, I love your commandments above gold. Yes, above fine gold. Therefore, I esteem right all your precepts concerning everything. I hate every false way. Your testimonies are wonderful. Therefore, my soul observes them. The unfolding of your words gives light. It gives understanding to the simple. I opened my mouth wide and panted, for I longed for your commandments. 
Turn to me and be gracious to me after your manner with those who love your name. Establish my footsteps in your word and do not let any iniquity have dominion over me. Redeem me from the oppressed of man that I may keep your precepts. Make your face shine upon your servant and teach me your statutes. My eyes shed streams of water because they do not keep your law. Righteous are you, O Lord, and upright are your judgments. You have commanded your testimonies in righteousness and exceeding faithfulness. My zeal has consumed me because my adversaries have forgotten your words. Your word is very pure, therefore your servant loves it. I am small and despised, yet I do not forget your precepts. Your righteousness is an everlasting righteousness, and your law is truth. Trouble and anguish have come upon me, yet your commandments are my delight. Your testimonies are righteous forever. Give me understanding that I may live. I cried with all my heart, Answer me, O Lord. I will observe your statutes. I cried to you, Save me, and I shall keep your testimonies. I rise before dawn and cry for help. I wait for your words. My eyes anticipate the night watches that I may meditate on your word. Hear my voice according to your loving kindness. Revive me, O Lord, according to your ordinances. Those who follow after wickedness draw near. They are far from your law. You are near, O Lord, and all your commandments are truth. Of old I have known from your testimonies that you have founded them forever. Look upon my affliction and rescue me, for I do not forget your law. Plead my cause and redeem me. Revive me according to your word. Salvation is far from the wicked, for they do not seek your statutes. Great are your mercies, O Lord. Revive me according to your ordinances. Many are my persecutors and my adversaries, yet I do not turn aside from your testimonies. I behold the treacherous and loathe them because they do not keep your word. Consider how I love your precepts. Revive me, O Lord, according to your loving kindness. The sum of your word is truth, and every one of your righteous ordinances is everlasting. Princes persecute me without cause, but my heart stands in awe of your words. I rejoice at your word as one who finds great spoil. I hate and despise falsehood, but I love your law. Seven times a day I praise you because of your righteous ordinances. Those who love your law have a great peace, and nothing causes them to stumble. I hope for your salvation, O Lord, and do your commandments. My soul keeps your testimonies, and I love them exceedingly. I keep your precepts and your testimonies, for all my ways are before you. Let let my cry come before you, O Lord. Give me understanding according to your word. Let my supplication come before you. Deliver me according to your word. Let my lips utter praise, for you teach me your statutes. Let my tongue sing of your word. For all your commandments are righteous. Let my hand be ready to help me. Let your hand be ready to help me, for I have chosen your precepts. I long for your salvation, O Lord, and your law is my delight. Let my soul live that it may praise you, and let your ordinances help me. I've gone astray like a lost sheep. Seek your servant, for I do not forget your commandments. Now, that's a wonderful psalm, obviously, and especially when you read it with intent, looking for some things. And I <clears throat> I hope that you saw several places in which those two things are highlighted. But as you read through, what were some notes that you made on where he describes his affection for Scripture and where he connects a love for Scripture with personal holiness? <clears throat> you guys just uh, throw out whatever stood out to you. He says, don't let me wander from your commandments. Mm-hmm. Yes. Say it again. I'm just going to say my soul keeps your testimonies and I love them exceedingly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's an affection. It, it's interesting. His, his, the, there's a such a strong desire here. There's a, a, like where he's, he mentions he's, he's afflicted at times. And he, it's like there's the desire and there's also the dependency upon him in order to make him walk. In, like in like in thirty five or thirty five, make mm. me walk in the path of your commandments. Yeah. For I delight in it. Right. And I, sometimes I think of it. Well, if I delight in it, I'm going to walk in His commandments. Right. There's that, you know, flesh. And, we still need, you know, the work of the Lord to do, to, have, to happen. Right. 
He longed for it, yeah. Yeah, he, what are some of the ways that longing showed up practically in his life? You remember him saying? <clears throat> he's talking about the night watches, and mm-hmm. I get up at midnight mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. I want to be in your word. I, I long, you know, there's these, it, that longing produces real action. Mm-hmm. It truly consumes him. Lamp to, to his feet, mm-hmm. lights his path. Mm-hmm. There's that connection. Uh, between walking right and, and loving the word, it's, it's it's so much more than a love. It's a it's almost like verse eighty one and eighty two. His soul languishes for salvation. It's, it's almost a it's a sustenance. You know, because if he doesn't get it, he's not actually going to be able to go on. Right. It sustains him. Yeah. yeah. It's like what our kids look to us probably mm-hmm. for. It's yeah. we are their sustenance. You know, we mm-hmm. are their. Right, Existence. we provide for them. And, yeah. yeah, and they, without it. It paints the opposite picture too, like uh, 25, when he doesn't, you know, the, the, I don't know how many times the word revive is used, but mm-hmm. used a lot. Mm-hmm. The opposite is, I'm not in God's word, my soul is cleaved to the dust, or I'm destroyed, or I'm struck, or mm-hmm. then God's word is what revives him back to yeah. what he needs to be. Comparison of riches, I rejoice in your word as much as in all riches. And yeah. How sweet is it? More than more than honey. Yeah. Taste. Mm-hmm. So I left my paper at home and wasn't making tick marks, but I was making mental ticks. Yeah. And I had over forty times that he mentioned the word and rejoicing in it. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Almost exactly the same. Mm-hmm. And that's that's a lot for one passage. I mean, yeah. They're clearly connected. It's, yeah. It's like that's. One of the underlying messages, the base message, and then the descriptions on top of that, mm-hmm. they're intimately tied together. Yeah. And you have one without the other. Exactly. Yeah. Even even his stance before man, you know, he, he has a fear of the Lord, not a fear of well, a fear of man. Where he said, princes persecute me without cause, but my heart stands in awe of your words, and. I know I'm small and despised, yet I don't forget your precepts and the spirits of the Lord, not mm-hmm. of man. Yeah. We oft, I, I don't I say we. I often like, okay, what's the right thing to do here? What am I supposed to do? Looking for discernment. And so I wrote down 66 and 67. 67 is where he was. I was afflicted. I went astray. But I keep the word. 66, teach me good discernment and knowledge. And where's that going to come from? God's commandments. Mm-hmm. said, the, uh, the law of your mouth is better to me than written on thousands of gold and silver pieces. Mm. It just mm-hmm. puts it above all earth. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay, Psalm 16, he talks about, uh, I have no good apart from you. I think that mm-hmm. you, just, you feel that here. It's like, it's just, uh, mm-hmm. he understands that this is his all, and he's just uh, longing, crying, desiring. No yeah. Mm-hmm. He's also uh, he's also said you are my hiding place and my shield. And mm-hmm. you know, just dwelling on that just for a second, uh, to have a quiet time of desire and to really plead for the Lord. He can do that in public. Mm-hmm. Find a hiding place. That's his. Mm-hmm. <coughs> There's a con- there's a constant uh, another theme that I didn't ask you to look for, but he brings it out over and over is is that one where he's he takes solace and comfort in the Lord. The Lord is the place that he runs to, uh, and that shows up by loving the truth. Right, running to the Lord and running to the, to the Scripture are the same concept because it's in the Scripture that we hear from the Lord. <clears throat> Kinda of like from one, uh, Psalm 104, you're saying to 105. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite sections of Psalm 119, the one I come back to the most often, is in 97, starting in verse 97. Oh, how I love your law. It is my meditation all the day. So his love for the Scripture results in truly meditating on the Word. And that, that, that this is not a, 
a quick morning reading of the Bible, right? Not that that's we need to be reading the Bible, but this is more than that. This is I take your word with me all day and I meditate. I soak on it. It's, it's what fills my mind throughout the day. And then he deals with wisdom. Your commandments make me wiser than my enemies, for they are ever mine. I have more insight than all my teachers. Why? Because your testimonies are my meditation, right? Um, and he just goes on and on. And so you have a, a kind of all those things encapsulated in that section 97 to 104. How sweet are your words to my taste? Yes, sweeter than honey to my mouth. There is a... What I wanted you to see, and you'll see this throughout the Psalms, but it really jumps off the pages in Psalm 119, is the unmistakable connection between a genuine love for the Word of God and holiness, right? They they go together. And what you see in this is there's nothing about Psalm 119 screams just kind of rote duty and ho-hum and all right, another day. I gotta gotta read the word again today. Like there, there's nothing about that that makes you think that, right? Or is it just me? I mean, it it sounds like that is what he's he's longing to get through with whatever else is in his day, so he can get back to that because that is the that's the crown jewel. That's the thing that he wants to be doing the most. And so that that brings me to the question for myself and for all of us. And this is more of a think on than answer out loud. But is that you is that me do i think about god's word that way is, have i you know brought that part of my life to sort of a checklist sort of i checked the box i did it okay now i get onto the important stuff or now i get on with whatever else um or is it have you gotten in a pattern where you know I'm, i'll pick it up when i have time here and there but you know it's not it's not a regular pattern of my life or is there a a regular bringing back the Word of God throughout the day. You know, the other danger we fall into is, is uh, all of us do this, of so just reading in the morning, and it may even be in a good time of reading. But then the pursuits of the day and life happens, and I ask you at 3 o'clock, what would you read today? Uh, the Bible. You know, <laughs> you know? <laughs> you know? It's, it's because we're, we don't discipline ourselves. But what I wanted you to see is that the discipline, it, it is a discipline. There's no way around it. Uh, but the discipline comes from somewhere. It comes from a, a true affection for God and affection for His Word that draws out that discipline. Let me tell you, when the, when the alarm goes off to get up at whatever time you have to get up to be in the Word, very rarely, if ever, will you feel like doing that. I mean, even if I sleep for 12 hours, I don't feel like waking up when the alarm goes off, right? And I never feel like waking up. It's not a pleasant experience to wake up until you have coffee and those things, just for most of us. Some people bounce out of bed. If that's you, praise the Lord for you. Um, but that's not me. But, <clears throat> so in that moment, you're saying, oh, I don't know if I have a true love for the Word because I just don't feel like getting up. That, that's, that's, not, that's, not, that's not true. You're, we're fleshly people. We're dependent people. But you do it anyway. The, the choice, the love for the Word comes in that I feel this way, but I'm going to do this because I know it's better. And I go and I get in the Word. And, um, and then, so what I would encourage you to do too on the practical side, we'll talk about the practical side more next time, but uh, while I'm thinking about it, is a, way, a good way to meditate on the truth is in your reading, pull something. Like when you get done, before you are fully done, say, okay, what are two, at least two things that really jump out at me about this text? And physically bring them to mind. I noticed these two. Okay, that, that's what I'm going to meditate on today. I'm going to bring myself back. And then test yourself throughout the day when you're in the middle of your job or you're doing whatever and you, your brain remembers, say, okay, what, did I, what was that thing? And it may be kind of, it's foggy at first and it starts to come, okay, that's what it was. And then start dwelling on it a few hours later. What was that thing? Bring it back. And that becomes a pattern then of dwelling on the truth. And it becomes a dialogue with the Lord of praying those truths back to the Lord. And the Lord speaks to us through that truth as we meditate on the Word. Um, that's how we grow. But I, I, I wanted to do this uh, exercise because I wanted us all to get out of that mentality, if we have that mentality, of just the sense of, of an overbearing duty that, well, I know i got to do it. And 
I go to a Bible church after all. I got to read it. You know, I'm saying, okay. No, we, we love, we're a Bible church because we love the Bible. Right? We love it. And it's, it's our, it's our, we're devoted to it um, because it's good. And, and, and it's, it's what the Lord uses to uh, bring us closer to himself. So I want to focus now for the remainder of our time on several other passages that we'll hit in more rapid fire. Um, but dealing with the Word as the means the Spirit uses for our sanctification, specifically. And I know we talked a little bit about that from Psalm 119, but the overarching idea of Psalm 119 that I wanted you to see was just the affection He has for the Word of God. Now I want to talk a little more specifically about how the Lord uses the Word in our sanctification. And for that I want you to turn to First Timothy chapter 4. First Timothy 4. We're going to look at 1 Timothy 4, verses 6 through uh, 16. All right, verse 6. In pointing out these things to the brethren, you will be a good servant of Christ Jesus. Paul speaking of Timothy here. Constantly nourished on the words of the faith and of the sound doctrine which you have been following. But have nothing to do with worldly fables fit only for old women. On the other hand, discipline yourself for the purpose of godliness. For bodily discipline is only of little profit, but godliness is profitable for all things, since it holds promise for the present life and also for the life to come. It's a trustworthy statement deserving full acceptance, for it is for, it is for this we labor and strive, because we've fixed our hope on the living God, who is the Savior of all men, especially of believers." Prescribe and teach these things. Let no one look down on your youthfulness, but rather in speech, conduct, love, faith, and purity, show yourself an example of those who believe. Until I come, give attention to the public reading of Scripture, to exhortation and teaching. Do not neglect the spiritual gift within you which was bestowed on you through prophetic utterance with the laying on of hands by the presbytery. Take pains with these things. Be absorbed in them so that your progress will be evident to all. Pay close attention to yourself and to your teaching. Persevere in these things, for as you do this, you will ensure salvation both for yourself and for those who hear you. Now, we'll talk about this verse next time, specifically where he says, discipline yourself for the purpose of godliness. And we'll talk about what does that look like to have our lives disciplined for the purpose of godliness. But I want you to see here... Uh, just just the main point that he directly connects our sanctification with the Word of God. And he, he connects it not just with, with individual personal sanctification, but with the work of the Word in the life of the congregation as a whole. Notice he says in, uh, let's see, verse 13... Until I come, give attention to the public reading of Scripture. That's, this is congregation now, to exhortation and teaching. So why do we do what we do in our services? Well, it's because of this. Why do we always read a passage together and pray through that passage and study? Because it's what's prescribed here to, to be done. But don't miss the, the point. The point is everything in Timothy's ministry is connected to the ministry of the Word. Why? Because it's through the Word that God a, saves people through the preaching of the Word, whether it's individually or from the pulpit, and it's how He sanctifies His people. It's through the Word. That's true for the congregation when we publicly meet, and it's also true individually for us. Um, I'm going to call out a couple of passages, and I'd like you guys to turn to them, and I'm going to ask you to read them, because we're going to run out of time if I do them all one by one by myself. So can somebody do Colossians 3.16? All right, David's got that one. Can somebody do 1 Peter 2.2? You got that one. Somebody do 2 Timothy 3.16 and 17? We can probably say that one, but (laughs) David. Someone do John 17.17? Someone do Psalm 19.7-11? And then one more. Uh, I'll I'll do this one from Matthew four. So let's start. Just 
Read the passage that you have. I'll make a couple of comments and we'll go to the next one. Who's got Colossians 3? Is that David? Go ahead. Let the word of Christ richly dwell within you with all wisdom, teaching, and admonishing one another with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with thankfulness in your hearts to God. Yeah, let the word of Christ richly dwell within you. And then you see the the outflow of that and how it affects one, our own relationship with the Lord, and then our relationships with one another. First uh, Peter two. Who's got that one? Okay. Like the newborn babes, long for the pure milk of the word, so that by it you may grow in respect to salvation, if you have tasted the kindness of the Lord. Yeah. So see the direct link he makes there. Long for it like a baby longs for milk, yeah. so that you may grow in regards to your salvation. Those two are intricately tied. All right. In our memory verse, Second Timothy three sixteen seventeen. David, you want to, you want to do that one for us? by God and is profitable for teaching, for training, for reproof, for correction, and righteousness that the man of God may be added for every good work. So that one was mentioned earlier, uh, but there's that, again, that direct correlation between what is the, here we have the word and what does it do. I love it, it says that he may be adequate, mm-hmm. right? Uh, a lot of us, we maybe marvel at men that we see in our eyes anyway as godly men or that have a great grasp on the scripture um, and I remember I had a, prof- a professor like that that was just I've never known anyone that had memorized the scripture the way this guy did so somebody would ask a question in class and while they're asking he would turn and begin writing on the board just scripture references and like not like one or two but like 40 I'd come in and he'd be writing there'd be like 40 on the board that he pulled he, and he has no notes he just he'd go uh, he, he's pulling them off from memory. And he could just spend all day just quoting. I've never known anybody like that. Part of it was, and he admitted, the Lord gave him, has given him a mind for that. But two, he, get, he told us about his patterns. He dedicated himself every day to memorizing the Word. Um, and so there is that connection. You want to be adequate. We think, oh, I just wish I could be like that guy. But then we spend all of our time doing the things that don't add up to that. If you want to be adequate, it's connected to the Word, right? It, we will be equipped, but we have to go back to the Word. John seventeen seventeen. Sanctify them in the truth. Your Word is truth. Yeah, so that's Jesus praying on behalf of His, of his disciples there. And in fact, you could begin earlier. All of John 17 right there in, in the high priestly prayer deals with that. But that's the encapsulating verse right there. Sanctify them in the truth, praying to the Father. And then He clarifies, your Word is truth. We are sanctified directly through the means of the Word. Psalm 19 is about the works and the Word of God. The first half of Psalm 19 deals with creation and how we have in general revelation um, God. We see God through general revelation. And then the second is through special revelation through the Word. So who's got Psalm 19, 7 to 11? Go ahead, Drew. The law of the Lord is perfect, restoring the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true. They are righteous altogether. They are more desirable than gold, yes, than much fine gold, sweeter also than honey and the drippings of the honeycomb. Moreover, by them your servant is warned, and keeping them there is great reward. Hmm. So you see the connection, all the attributes of the Word of God, and then their personal effect on us as individuals. And then finally, I'm going to read from Matthew 4. This isn't the temptation of Christ. It's one of his responses to Satan. This is, I'm going to do verses 3 and 4. Matthew 4, 3 to 4. And the tempter came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, command that these stones become bread. Listen to his answer. But he answered and said to them, It is written, Man shall not live on bread alone, but what? On every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. What is our back to that word sustenance as believers we live on every word that comes from the mouth of God we prioritize it above above all else in the sense that that is the means that the spirit uses to sanctify us and if we cut ourselves off from that we cut ourselves off from that means and many times we uh, I meet with people that are confused as to why they're not growing or why they're having this sin problem and they just can't seem to get over it and as you begin to walk through they've, they've not committed themselves to truly delighting in the word of God or you know, meditating on the word of God and so I, I wanted you to see that connection today 
Um, the end result of that is what we see in Psalm 1, the blessed man, right? The blessed man is the one he avoids uh, sin, but then it says that he meditates, he delights in the Word of God, and in his law he meditates day and night. He will be like a tree, firmly planted by streams of water, and which bears its fruit in season. That, that is the end result of someone who loves the Word of God. And I want to leave you with, with one other thought, and we'll be done. <clears throat> the Word of God is the means by which we lead both our wives and our children. And I'm not just saying that theoretically. Two references. Ephesians 5, 25-27. There, in, that's the instructions for husbands to wives. And he says that we're to love our wives as Christ loves the church. And then he gives this explanation that the, the Christ is sanctifying the church, washing her with the water of the Word, right? That's how Christ sanctifies His bride. And it's through the ministry of the Word, then, that we lead our wives, that we lead them to Christ. And, and secondly, with our kids, Ephesians 6, 4, right? In Ephesians 6, 1, He commands children to obey their parents, in Ephesians 6, 4, he commands fathers not to exasperate their children, but to bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. What's the instruction of the Lord? It is training them in the truths of Scripture. What does the Bible say? Discipline is obvious, but then with that, coupled with that, teach them what the Bible says. And so, as we see, not only is it the means for our own personal sanctification, but it's, it's the hub of our leadership. We wash our wives with the truth of the Word. We discipline and instruct our children according to and with the Word of God. So, let me leave you with this is your meditation question for the day. What specific changes do you need to make in your life in order to prioritize the Word of God more? What specific changes? I mean, not, not, you know, I need to read more. But specifically, no, I need to read at this time. I need to meditate in these ways. Like, I want you to come up with specific goals for prioritizing the Word of God. And then uh, share them with somebody and say, hey, this is what I'm going to be. This, this week, this is my, my goal, my daily goal. Uh, ask me about it and, um, and hold each other accountable. And my prayer is that as we do that, North Lake Bible Church will have a force of, of godly men who love the Lord, who are leading their families, um, and that will filter down to the church as a whole. Next week we'll talk, or next time we'll talk about specific patterns of discipline and give you some ideas that I have on how to effectively read and study the Word and pray. But for now, let me pray for us, and we'll be, we'll be close our time. Lord God, we thank you for the gift of the Word. We agree with the psalmist that it is sweeter than honey, that it is better than riches, better than gold, much, even much fine gold. We believe that, God, but we pray that that would show up in our lives, that that, that would not just be a, a mental fact in our minds, but that it would affect our feet, that it would affect our mouth, that it would affect our thoughts, that it would affect the way we serve people and the way we live our lives. And God, we pray that you'd help us by the power of your spirit, because we recognize that we can't do this without your strength. We need you to help us understand the word and to help us to apply the word. We pray that you would do that by your grace. We ask it in the name of Christ. Amen. Amen.